0: <laughs> I'm just a knocking. I'm a pickin'. I hear you knocking, but
1: you can't
0: come in. I'm sure there's a tune to that, but that was not it. You keep a knocking, but you can't come in. Isn't that it? Yeah, there you go. And, of course, I went straight to hee-haw.
1: I know, I have been singing <laughs> that darn, you met another, he yeah. was gone. For well, f-
0: <laughs> two weeks, two solid weeks. Well, see, this time it was, I'm a pickin'. And I'm Mm-mm-mm. Lousy. Oh, lousy. I used to hear my granny would say, Great Lord. Great Lord. <laughs>
1: uh, my family always said, Lord of mercy. I've well, heard Lord that
0: Lord of mercy. I've heard that one too. <laughs>
1: and A Law. A Law. My cousin. Uh, Eddie used to say that all the time. She said it on the sign like, A-law.
0: That kind of passive-aggressive yes, kind of. Yes, a yeah. If
1: only somebody would fix this situation.
0: I've heard that yeah. my whole life. Yeah. That A-law. And that's usually the next A-law. word is A-law, honey. A-law, honey. A-law, honey. And laws
1: of mercy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all them things that we don't
0: hardly ever say. Yeah. You know i had a thing happen the other day at the shop and it reminded me of how it used to be living in a small town this dude came in and i would never seen him before but he had this accent that sounded kind of familiar to me anyway two sentences later we found out that he had dated my cousin <laughs> <laughs> back back home or something. And it was like what? back that's, in the day. That's the way it used to be. Oh yeah, oh
1: my gosh, yeah.
0: Yeah, mm.
1: <laughs> I'm just, sorry, I just fell into a reverie about how it used to be. I'm thinking about all the narrow escapes I had when I had some a crush on some no good boy and he wouldn't give me the time of day and wasn't that lucky. Because I might ended up pregnant at 15 and never graduated high school or finished college or any of that stuff.
0: Well, you know, 15 is almost grown up in some people's eyes.
1: Yep, it's really true. Well, and when I was pregnant at 30, giving birth at 35, I was thinking, man, younger women need to do this. You should not wait this long (laughs) to be doing this stuff, girl. (laughs) What were you thinking? I wasn't.
0: You did it right about the right time for you, I would say.
1: Well, I did it at the time when I was going to be a good parent. I was a better parent at that age, but I think it would have been easier on my body 20 years earlier. Well, not 20, 15 years earlier. 15 years, 20 yeah. years earlier. 20 and years earlier. we'd be getting right back to that old. I'm, I'm back <gasps> in the trailer. Back, back in, in the trailer again. What is that song? Back in the Saddle again. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I know. And now I've fallen in love with this song. I love to drive to Flogging Molly. Do you know that group? It's I've like,
0: heard of them, and I've probably heard something. sort of an
1: Irish American. Yeah. I don't. I can't describe them. They're just Flogging Molly, and they've got a song. And I listened to it so many times. I think I learned it driving, uh, driving back from uh, Ohio. And it starts out with, "Well, I'm aiming for heaven, but probably wind up down in hell. And upon that altar, I will hang my." Sin-ridden head, <laughs> but it's hilarious. It's called Rebel of the, Rebels of the Sacred Heart. Oh, that's cool! <laughs> hilarious. So we should learn that, and sing that on <laughs> okay. our on our album that we're gonna
0: do. I, I tell you what, I have not, I haven't put it in my consciousness, the album yet. Good! Because we gotta get through the cards. That's good.
1: Them cards have gotta get done. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. And y'all don't know, but uh, when we had our, we, we had our pre-show meeting, <laughs> which we actually do have, uh, I told Alicia I wanted, I wanted to, be to get these cards done by the middle of next month and hand them over to her. But I think we are still going to do a Kickstarter for, you know, six, eight weeks, something like that, to get everybody excited about the cards. <laughs> I'm not got all the artwork done this matter, just now pasting up and stuff, stuff. finishing up. And by pasting
0: up, you do not mean control V? No, control I mean X.
1: paste it with some paste, control. cutting it out with some little safety scissors, <laughs> and pasting it up with some paste and using a little pencil to shadow it in. Because I, I don't know. I know people, you know, there's programs where you can draw pictures on your computer, but I don't know how the hell to do that.
0: I saw this news article today, or maybe last night. It was last night, I'm sorry, about a person who had turned 18 and made something like $55 million by offering art that they had created on an iPad. And people bought it with that cryptocurrency. Oh! And it's
1: exciting, isn't
0: it? Well, it's exciting, and it's also something that I don't know enough about to feel comfortable talking about it much.
1: Yep,
0: But cryptocurrency also is like, fulfills a prophecy in the Bible, I think.
1: You know everything does. Everything does, though, doesn't it? In Nostradamus or the Bible, everything
0: does. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've been interested in non-fungible items. Is that what they're called? Yes. That's really interesting.
0: That's what the guy, or excuse me, that's what the person... Got paid.
1: Non-fungible N N F i s Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's some something sort like of that. digital snapshot or something. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, yeah. Every pixel is unique Cute. or something. I don't know. I don't understand it.
1: I don't know. Why don't we offer some of the originals of these cards as fungible items? Oh. look, you can buy yourself a fungible <laughs> item. I don't know what the hell fungible I have means. No idea. But I yeah. bet it means something. It could. I don't know.
0: I'm gonna go to my handheld computer device. Does right it have here. anything to do with mushrooms?
1: I don't know, but boy I'm gonna cook mushrooms tonight. We had mushrooms last night.
0: Ooh, what kind?
1: Oh just grocery store mushrooms. Mm, They're you know. still good though. They were tasty. I cooked them with some onions and garlic oh. and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell on myself and tell what a bad gardener I am. So I put in two rows of what I thought were radishes. I don't know, a month ago, something like that. Yeah. And I was so excited that the one row though was super thick and I just kept thinning it out, thinning it out, because you know you gotta do that, so a radish will form a bowl. And then come to find out once they got bigger, it, it wasn't radishes I'd planted. Uh oh. It was turnips. So, I mean, they still have to be thinned out, but all those greens were turnip greens and I just put them on the compost. I was so mad. So anyway, I had a big old mess of beautiful turnip greens and I I put in some olive oil and some garlic and some onions and uh, all these mushrooms cooked Mm. them just the way I like them. I don't like them too spongy. Yeah. And then, uh, and added, you know, all the salt and pepper and all that stuff to them. And then I just threw in those, Sweet chopped up mustard greens. It was oh. so
0: good. Mm, that sounds so good. So good. Delicious. And that sounds really good. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and you could get real on, on
0: that? Oh, yeah. Uh
1: huh. It was a good, nutritious, easy. Tonight I'm going to make some eggplant. See, I've already jumped ahead to the end of the show. Where huh. We're going to what, huh. what are you making for supper tonight? <laughs> well, alicia. I'm thinking I'm gonna make me that eggplant thing that is that our friend Roberto told us Ooh. eggplant and cheese and diced tomatoes and you uh. bake it and the other about 45 minutes. the. delicious.
0: Well, I'm hungry.
1: Did I not have lunch?
0: You mentioned that. Well, you know <laughs> the 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 birthday boy Craig. Oh, is it his birthday? It is his birthday. Then the birthday boy used to we used to call him Egg. And, that, and he was an eggplant dude. Oh. And he would cut up eggplant like a steak.
1: Oh, yes, man And grill, and grill it. grill it with some olive oil and butter. Yes. And oh, it was yes, so ma'am. good.
0: And, oh, just we'd have it as a sandwich or just eat it like a steak.
1: Well, the kids came up this past weekend so they could uh, take, their, take Kate's daddy out for Father's Day. But we ended up not going out. We ended up getting Chinese food, you know, taking yeah. it home. And I had the chicken with Chinese eggplant, mm. and they all got whatever they got, and they'd be like, Mmm, could I have just a little bite of that? Yes. Oh, this is really good. Can I could I have a little bite of that? Yes. So, but it was a lot of food. You know how you go to a Chinese restaurant, they give you food for a week, so. They, they all got do. to try it, but I love me some nightshades. I love me some taters, maters, mm. eggplants, Mm-mm. peppers.
0: Mm. Mm. Me too.
1: Belladonna? No, just Duh.
0: kidding. Just kidding. <laughs>
1: I'm he does to it does make my eyes out. look bright though,
0: not <laughs> I guess so. So what's your favorite Chinese restaurant around here? You know, I like the one over at Westgate.
1: Um, I like the food there. It is good and it's reasonably priced. We went to that uh, you know, that buffet out of West by God Bunkham. And I went there twice. I went with, once with uh, with a friend and then I took the kids out there and it just it wasn't good. It used to be okay and now it just it wasn't
0: good. I just yeah I know. I stick to Long Sin in Hendersonville.
1: Oh yeah that's a
0: good one. It is. Yeah. It's been around forever. The one that has the
1: good sushi too? No. Now what no. was that place?
0: That is Umi's. Yeah oh god. Oh let's so go. Good. Let's go to Umi's.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love sushi, but I need sushi. that doesn't have a lot of rice in it. So this
0: is good. the good sushi. It is I, really good sushi. I
1: love it. I mean, you can get a lot of sushi at a buffet, but it's not good. Do
0: you ever eat like that? They've got this uh, crab and crab salad is what it's called, mm-hmm. but it it's literally like tiny little strands of some sort of Green vegetable like lettuce, maybe mm-hmm. lettuce or something, mixed with tiny little strands of crab,
1: mm-hmm. and it's like a
0: salad. They put I a salad on. I oh. tell
1: you what I love is that seaweed salad. and I can eat my way in seaweed salad.
0: They do a good one of those too. They have a style. bento box oh, that you can get.
1: Yes. <laughs> Listen to us, But Appleton and Raymond. Well, let me tell you what I love: Japanese food. Uh
0: huh. I love Thai food. I love Chinese food. No, I love I Mexican do. food. I love food. I love food.
1: Too. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I love it.
0: I think I love food that I didn't cook. That is an advantage. <laughs> that feels like a luxury.
1: Yeah. I I was telling Alicia I was at the doctor yesterday for my annual, and uh, and he he never notes my weight. I mean, he's that kind of doctor. He never notices it. But then but but I had lost thirteen pounds since the last time he'd seen me. And he said, Well, you lost thirteen pounds. And I said, Well yeah, I mean I've been home eating my own cooking. And he said, Uh, are you not a very good cook? Oh. <laughs> I said, No, I'm a very good cook, but it just meant I was cooking wholesome meals instead of eating on the
0: road. Yeah. That's that's all. I I confess I did a bad thing last week. I ate. With someone at a seafood restaurant, Ooh. and ordered dessert, Ooh. which I try not to do that. Yeah, me too. You know, well, and... one thing it's
1: expensive. Well, but the another dessert. is all of, all of
0: them carbohydrates, carbs and fat and all that uh-huh.
1: stuff. I but love me some carbs and fat though.
0: I do too. Well, we were gonna <laughs> I mean, we, we were gonna split it. It came out. It was as big as that whiskey bottle. Uh, no. It was huge. That's bad. And it was. I was, I was just laughing at it when it came out. I was like, are you kidding me?
1: Well, we ate twice at the Cracker Barrel when we were oh. going to Missouri and back. And um, they've got that fruit cobbler that they have in the, in the summer. And we were thinking, oh, we could split that. But I'm telling you, the fruit cobbler there is big enough that six people could split it. <laughs> so if only two people split it, it's still it's too much. Is it a it's real cobbler? Does yeah. it taste like a real one? It does. No, it tastes good. It's good. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I, I may have some quibbles with uh, with Cracker Barrel, but when you're on the road, you go in a Cracker Barrel, you're going to get something good to eat. And you can get something nutritious. I've been having the grilled chicken t- tenders, which is not, you know, it's not a big hit of anything. Mm-hmm. And then I get my double ration of fried okra <laughs> to make up <out> for it. <laughs>
0: Well, you just, you just spoke the formula for Starbucks, McDonald's, consistency. Yep.
1: Oh, yeah. That's,
0: That's how con- in Europe, Starbucks are popular. It's like in Europe yeah. where they have the best coffee in the world, arguably. Yeah. Except but maybe Turkish coffee might be a little better. I don't
1: know. I'm not a coffee connoisseur.
0: Oh, I used to be.
1: Oh, I never have been. I'm a tea connoisseur, but I'm not coffee. Mm. I just, you know. With some, put some almond milk in it.
0: And go, and you can I'm just... I'm good to
1: God. <laughs> I don't even care. Um, I'm a whiskey connoisseur and a tea connoisseur, but not a coffee connoisseur. Kind of I'm a tea connoisseur. I am, a little bit. A little bit of a tea smell. Yeah, that's all. So right. that when people will say to me, well, I made a cup of tea today. First, I microwaved some water. And I'm like, are you insane? <laughs> put a damn kettle on the stove and boil some water. What is wrong with you? Well, they just get used to it, you know. You get used to that's how that tastes, and so.
0: Well, I mean, I use a microwave sometimes.
1: Oh, I do too, but yeah. not for
0: my tea. Yeah, not. Cause for I'm a for tea snob. No. I, well, I want my tea to taste good. I do, and I want it hot. I want it hot as a yeah uh,
1: firecracker.
0: I want it boiling hot. I was trying it comes to think of
1: something cute, but firecracker.
0: Because <laughs> the Fourth of July is coming. It is. It is.
1: I love America, except when I'm angry and I hate it.
0: Well, <laughs> that's how I am. I'm a matriot from way back. I, you know what I am? I'm a person who has changed their minds about fireworks in the last few years. So am I. Yep. Yeah, I used to love them. I used to shoot them. Yep, me too. Me but too. But now that I realize what they're doing. I just can't. I just can't get into it anymore. Well, I remember
1: standing near somebody. Gosh, this
0: has been six or seven years
1: ago for some big old fireworks. It was cold, so it must have been New Year's fireworks. And he had just gotten back from a tour of Iraq, mm. uh, Afghanistan. Excuse me, he'd been okay. in Afghanistan. And every time you'd, you I could feel him and see him flinch, flinch, flinch. And I just thought, this is wrong. <sighs> It's wrong. We're celebrating something that we shouldn't be celebrating. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm lucky i have changed my mind about
0: it. You know, when I, I think the first report that I heard, I think I heard it on the radio about a flock of birds. Yeah. The first time I heard that, that had never occurred to me. Yeah. I don't know why. My brain just never went there. And... Well, because we're taught from an early
1: age that part of what celebrating is as a community and as a country has to do with fireworks.
0: Which is funny because they're kind of, aren't they Chinese?
1: Yes, they are. (laughs) They are definitely Chinese. So, well... Yeah. I don't know. Well, it just shows you we're flexible after all these years. We change our minds about things.
0: I remember uh, last year, you know, Asheville was in a really tense place. Oh yes, ma'am, it was. They had just announced their intention to do reparations. Mm -hmm. They had announced the intention to take down the Vance monument. There were people who were just kind of stunned on both sides and it all happened so fast that reporter got, well, his cameraman got pushed into him.
1: Yeah, and he and, got Yeah. smacked up against a uh, parking... Uh, fire
0: hydrant or something, yeah. yeah.
1: Parking
0: and, and even Got him a brain injury. Yeah. yeah. So we, we were in this place of not knowing if it was all going to turn into some violent, awful thing.
1: Yeah.
0: And things were going on in Portland.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: things oh, were going summer on. summer was dramatic. Yeah, yeah. And I remember sitting in here one night and listening to the fireworks and there were so many of them
1: mm-hmm.
0: the, and the thought occurred to me well you know i don't even want to say it out loud i'm not going to give power to it but it's, that's insane and evidently that sound of gunfire or fireworks is something that uh, evidently i'm just scared shitless of that because did i tell you that story about christmas and me being Do you want to tell them? Yeah, I know. I can tell it. Um, So I have a Christmas tree in the living room and a bunch of mercury vapor glass ornaments that were really old, about 100 years old. And a bunch. When I say a bunch, I mean it. And I was having trouble sleeping because of pain issues. And so I, I had taken to sleeping in the chair in the film case and I'd taken to listening to this recording that would put me into a really, really, really deep sleep on purpose. And so I'm listening to this recording and I just fell right asleep, fell into real deep sleep. And somehow my cat knocked over the tree or something knocked <laughs> over dog. the tree. Yes,
1: that's right. And
0: all those mercury vapor glass ornaments hit that wood floor, kapow, 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 kapow. You know, hundreds of them died that night on the floor. Oh, what a mess to clean <laughs> out. And I heard it, and and it was in my dream. And I, I could not get myself out of the dream. I was so deeply embedded in my sleep cycle that I couldn't fight my way back up to consciousness. And I remember when I finally did start, because it feels to me like swimming, yeah. like you're trying to swim to the top and get a breath of air. And I remember when I finally started coming out and going back into sleep a little bit i could hear myself and i was trying to i was trying to holler for help and all that was coming out was like a little squeak it was, crazy. It was like i was trying to but i just I, you know it was crazy bizarre <laughs> and there's i mean there's more to the story obviously but it, it needless to say i'm relatively sure my my cat must have been <laughs> goofing around
1: I'll tell you what I, you know that it's a it's a truism and a little bit of a stereotype about Appalachian people and stories yeah but I swear when I'm listening to you it's like I'm hearing myself well there's more to it yeah I can go on if you want Tell <laughs> take a little backstory and, and what happened just today about that yeah and <laughs> I've, I've been teaching and, and I warned people I said look I am. I really am an Appalachian storyteller, and I will take you right to the very edge of a rabbit hole, and I'll be telling you some story about something that's down in there, and then I'll push you in, and then I'll jump in on top of it, still talking.
0: Tell, tell them the story. That's funny. That's a funny one. Yeah, and so the end part of that story is that in my dream, I thought that those ornaments hitting the floor, were some sort of gunfire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I'm trying to stand up. But anyway, yeah, so that's exactly what happened, though. Yeah. I told you a little bit of it, and then I finished it up later. Oh, I don't know. That's just how we do. We can't help <laughs> it. It is. Well, did you have like a family storyteller, or did everybody tell stories? No,
1: they all told stories. Did they? Yeah, yeah. We were all
0: storytellers. And, and in fact, we
1: would uh, we would compete. You know, be like, well, I mean, that was amazing what you just said. But let me tell you what happened to me about three weeks ago. Yeah. And then the next person would say, Well, lol, I never heard anything like that until this. Let me tell you about this.
0: You were there yeah. when um, that
1: conversation
0: happened. It was just, I, I miss that. I'm going to be honest. I, I do too. That. I I'm, i miss that kind of understated humor sometimes. <laughs> they I uh-huh. love those Southern people who are like, that you know, tell you something funny as hell with a straight face. Yeah.
1: Totally flat aspect
0: like <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and then there was that.
0: What you reckon? I don't know. It's and, and the whole bullshit thing.
1: Oh God.
0: All the way up to your knees. Yeah.
1: What no it's going higher. Yep. Up to my mid thigh. Oh no, I can't save my shorts.
0: It was a specific talent. I have a relative uh, one of my kinfolk, who um, I love him dearly. And he became a fan, I guess is what you would call it, of uh, Burt Reynolds. Oh, hi. Huh. Okay. So somehow he heard that Burt Reynolds owned a steakhouse in Atlanta. Mm. And he learned the name of it and all of that. Well, he called and he somehow he heard that Burt would go there on Friday nights. Right? So he called over there one night and he, he was like, hey, can you put that old mess bird on the phone until you tell him Red John is calling. And somehow he ended up on the phone with him. <laughs> and he was still BSing him. And they ended up being sort of friends. I mean, he would come oh and visit every gosh, now and then. How funny is it that? It was funny, but it was also, it was like <clears throat> impressive. Yeah, yes, well, just, that's that's a level I
1: cannot, well, maybe I could aspire to. Oh, that. no, you I mean, could. I think I could. Maybe <laughs> I
0: could. That's the thing. And, you know, it's just, I don't know what to say. And I did that with uh, Gene Roddenberry. Did you know that? No. Yes, I did. I most certainly did. I called, I was working the second shift at the Days Inn Airport. Oh, lousy. And this would have been, <laughs> this would have been like 1988 something like that. And you remember that picture I had of yes, Appalachian yes. with Bass and all of that? That was, about out that time. And I just got in the Days In Manual. They used to have these books that they would give out, big little thick catalogs, and you could take it and put it in your glove box. And when you're traveling around, it would tell you about the hotels and have little stars beside it and what the amenities were and everything. I just got on the phone to the one over there by Paramount Studios. (laughs) And just... Bold as brass. I called that second shift desk clerk and I I just said point blank. I said, so how's it going over there? Listen, I'm sorry to bug you. (laughs) But I just proceeded to... I don't even remember what I said, but we just started talking. Wow! And the next thing you know, I found out that this desk clerk had a brother who was worked at the guard house there, the guard gate. Excuse me. Uh huh. So this brother had a specific phone number, and he could transfer calls. And he transferred me up to Gene Roddenberry's office. <laughs> so. Oh my God! So I talked to. Gene Roddenberry. Who was the one that took over for Gene after he died? I don't. I I forget his name, but I, I should know it. I'm sorry I don't. But he he answered first, and I just basically said, "Hey, I I just I wanted to talk to Gene Roddenberry and tell him how much he meant, and to me watching Star Trek and. I'm a huge fan, my husband's a huge fan, and I just wanted to say hey to him. And this guy, Rick Berman, I think was his name. Oh, that sounds right, yeah. yeah. Rick Berman. And this guy, he laughed and he was like, you know, he he said, I just love a Southern accent. And I oh. turned it on then. You would think I was that chick on Gomer Pile. Oh, Goma. Yeah. <laughs> that, that big fake accent, yeah. you remember that uh, Mrs. Poovy or what if, whatever her name was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, and the next thing you know, he put me through to Gene Roddenberry. And he walked into the room, I guess, maybe with the phone or something. Because oh him. Gosh. I was talking to both him and Jean Roddenberry, and we were laughing and cut up for probably five minutes or so. <laughs> is I love it. That's bullshitting. That's the art of bullshitting. It is, the art of the BS. Yeah. And it was like, the thing is, is I didn't compromise anything by doing that, now did I? No. no I really did not. And you didn't did. hurt
1: anybody?
0: No, well. And you? Well, no, you didn't hurt anybody. Hopefully nobody got fired over it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But still, I mean, I told them what I was going to do, and they didn't have to give me numbers. They yeah. didn't have to transfer the call, so. Yes. Yeah, so that was, there's two examples of BS. I love that just that I don't know I guess I would say that that kind of benefited us or benefited me or whatever I mean I can say that I've spoken to Rick Berman and Gene Rodberry personally
1: wow and
0: had a chance to tell them what they meant
1: wow
0: so that was you know
1: yeah and they got to hear that <laughs> you know I don't, I don't know that you ever get so big and so famous and so important that you don't Mm-hmm. like to hear when somebody really appreciates your work?
0: I, I guess. I mean, I maybe, mean
1: maybe people I, like that. I don't I, know. There might be,
0: but oh you know I just remember though that's right because my buddy Jimmy who was like the best desk clerk buddy you could ever have. We were a badass team <laughs> but Jimmy had no idea who these people were and so he'd come into work. That's right I forgot about this because they called me back, Rick Berman actually took my phone number and they and well. they called me back. That's what it was. But Jimmy, I guess, answered the phone, and by then I didn't think anything was going to happen. He was like, "It's for you, somebody named Jean Roddenberry." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "What? Are you kidding? Me? You're kidding me, right? That ain't right." And it really was him. That's just. <laughs> So there's my story about BS. The art of the BS. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have. So I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals. WYRD Radio.